0: All right, trying to get back into the swing of things here on a Monday morning, get our sea legs underneath us, and some people are having to do that in the dark. Storms blew through last night. Currently, according to the DTE app, 72,708 people are without power. And uh, according to the outage map on, on their app, it looks like it's it's pretty widely scattered. It looks like um, there's quite a bit out towards Ann Arbor, around the Livonia area, uh, over in the uh, northern uh, Oakland County area. So I've been clicking around. I've been uh, trying to see if there's any estimated restoration times. I think it's too early for that. Crews are probably still out uh, assessing the damage, but uh, hopefully it won't be. Very long. I know that uh, the Down River area uh, has had uh, their fair share of, of power outages. And uh, keep an eye out for standing water on the roadways as well, as uh, Heather was telling you. Um, I, I myself, I ran into a huge puddle on the northbound 75 ramp to the northbound lodge. I had to uh, drive up on the curb because I was not going to be one of those people uh, that you see on the news who gets, who gets stuck in the, uh, the water of their car. That's not, that's not going to be me. That's my one, one of my uh, main goals in life is to never be on the news for being caught in a puddle in my car. Um, our power went out briefly. Um, my wife and I like to play this game whenever our power, uh, power goes out. Uh, is this going to be a few minutes or is it going to be a few days? And again, it's a lot more fun when it turns out to be only a few minutes. So hopefully DTE can get people uh, back up and running. Uh, Looks like it's supposed to be raining all day, which might put a damper on the fireworks. I'm I'm watching the hourly forecast here on the Weather Channel. Looks like uh, our best chance of rain, and of course these are moving targets, are going to be in the afternoon between like 1 and 4 o'clock. And then uh, there's still a chance as you move towards the fireworks, I believe. Uh, We're going to be doing our pre-show here on WJR from 7 to 9. Fireworks themselves go off at 10 o'clock. And uh, I can't remember the last time the fireworks were canceled because of rain. Uh, I've had to work the event a a number of times myself. And uh, I remember one year it it, it poured rain uh, right as the fireworks were starting. And they still went off. Um, my guess is it probably has to be a, a, a long, sustained torrential downpour. There probably has to be thunder and lightning in the area for them to postpone it, uh, which sounds like a, uh, a, a a big pain in the butt to have to take a, a massive production like that and move it uh, because of weather. Um, over the weekend, uh surprising double turn of events in Russia.
1: The Wagner mercenary troops were about 120 to 130 miles from Moscow, when a deal was reached with Wagner leader Yevgeny Prigozhin to retreat to Belarus. Minnesota Democratic Senator Amy Klobuchar talked about the optics of the challenge while appearing Sunday on NBC's Meet the Press.
2: Visible rejection of his war policy by someone who had been an ally and now it turned into uh, insubordination.
1: While Ohio Republican Congressman Mike Turner said on CBS's Face the Nation that the worldview of Putin may never be the same.
0: His government as an authoritarian government depends on its assertion of power, force, in order to be able to contain, to, uh, be able mm-hmm. to continue to wield power, and that certainly is going to be an issue. Kevin Uretzky, Fox News. To catch you up, the Wagner mercenary group, they've been fighting alongside Russian troops in Ukraine. Um, they uh, undertook their own little 36-hour armed rebellion against Vladimir Putin and the Kremlin inside Russia. Uh, And just as suddenly as it began, it it ended after some kind of deal brokered by Belarus's President Alexander Lukashenko. And I've heard conflicting reports. I heard yesterday on one of the Sunday morning talk shows that U.S. intelligence had an inkling that this was going to happen in mid-June. But then I just heard on the uh, top of the hour news there from Fox uh, that uh, the United States is denying that they knew anything about it. And uh, you know, just because they're denying it doesn't mean they they knew about it. Maybe there's uh, some kind of a tactical reason that they uh, uh, are saying that they didn't know anything about it. Uh, the Wagner fighters they actually turned their artillery onto Russia uh, and demanded Russia's defense minister and head of armed forces be turned over after Wagner head Yevgeny Prigozhin accused Russia of ordering an attack on his troops and starting a war in Ukraine based on lies. Uh and then like I said just as suddenly as it started it ended. Prigozhin released an audio message saying that they were turning back their forces as to not spill any Russian blood. Uh no Wagner fighters are are going to be held accountable after Putin earlier vowed to punish anyone involved in the attempted uprising and Prigozhin uh agreed to move to Belarus and the Wagner group, they got close. They got within 200 miles of Moscow. And, and of course this is surprising on so, so many levels. Number one, that anyone would dare uh, try to take a run at Putin and B for Putin to, uh, you know, after, after this, this coup attempt uh, ended suddenly, uh, for Putin, after coming out and saying that anyone involved is going to be punished, uh, for him to say, that's ah, all right, no no one's going to be punished, uh, no, no, there's going to be no consequences. Um, and so, you know, there's a ton of questions. I, I think yesterday on the Sunday morning talk shows, people were scrambling for answers. What's this going to mean? Does it, are, are, Is the Wagner group still going to fight on behalf of the Russians um, without uh, Evgeny... Uh, prigosian uh at the helm um are they going to fight for ukraine or are they just going to be out of this uh fight altogether um also you know vladimir putin taking this for and forget attitude um is as unsettling as it is surprising There's a lot of people saying that prigosian is a marked man even though part of the deal was that prigosian uh, would 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 not face any repercussions but uh, I don't know. Uh, call me crazy. I don't completely trust Vladimir Putin. And, and then this also brings into question, um, you know, what, how powerful actually is, is Vladimir Putin? When they rolled into Ukraine, everybody thought that this was going to be um, a, a couple weeks at best. And the Russian army was just going to steamroll Ukraine and reclaim it for Russia. Um, a year and a half later, not only is Ukraine holding its own, but they're also um, um, starting uh, counter attacks. They're making inroads into Russia. Uh, so I, I don't know if uh, I, I don't know if uh, uh, Putin's grip on Russia was in any uh, danger here uh, during this uprising, uh, but. I I think uh, we're starting to see the wizard behind the curtain and that uh, uh, Vladimir Putin may not be the iron-gripped dictator that he wants to portray to the world. Um, Maybe we'll talk more about this with with Lloyd and Guy in the crosstalk. Locally here uh, in Metro Detroit, confessed Oxford high school shooter Ethan Crumbly has been reportedly exhibiting "quote unquote" disturbing behavior while in jail awaiting sentences, uh, sentencing, according to a court document. Specifics have not been released, uh, but Crumbly, who is in isolation, is being monitored via video twenty-four hours a day. And he uh, apparently was acting weird enough that it uh, it, it caught the um, eye of the prosecutor. It caught the eye of the court-appointed do- uh, guardian. And, of course, this raises concern that uh, Crumbly might not be deemed competent to face sentences, uh, sentencing, although the court-appointed guardian says he is. All right, uh, we are off to a quick start here on this Monday morning. Coming up next, an interesting history lesson about uh, one of the most iconic speeches of all time. It's First Thing with Mike Parsons on WJR. Well, a small, small bit of good news. Since my last check at the beginning of this show about 15 minutes ago, um, where we started with 72,708 power outages, we are now down to, I'm sorry, 72,708 power outages. As you can tell, numbers aren't my my, my thing. I, I, I seem to move uh, uh, commas to make numbers either way bigger or way smaller than they actually are. 72,708 people were without power when I started the show. It is now down to 72,408. So, uh 300 people in the last 15 minutes have gotten their power back. Of course, uh you know, you you, you know all the refrains when stuff like this happens. You see a down power line, assume that it's live. Uh, sprint in the opposite direction till you're 25 feet away. Call DTE. Um, also, when you see the crews out, be very careful. Give them a break. Um, you know they're they're being just as put out as as we are because they're the ones who have to leave their family and and go out and and deal with dangerous uh, conditions to try to get our power back out, back on. And unfortunately, over the weekend, um, before. This power outage, we lost a uh, DTE contracting, uh, I believe it was a lineman, um, trying to restore service uh, on the border of Detroit and Lincoln Park in the Outer Drive area. So, um, thanking all of our uh, DTE field workers and wishing them a uh, safe and uh, efficient restore. Over the weekend, hundreds of people marched in downtown Detroit Saturday to, uh, as a matter of fact, to commemorate the 60th anniversary of Martin Luther King Jr.'s Walk to Freedom event, where he delivered an early version of his legendary I Have a Dream speech. Reverend Dr. Wendell Anthony, president of the Detroit branch of the NAACP, has an interesting history lesson on J.R. Mornings with Guy Gordon and Lloyd Jackson. Reverend Wendell Anthony, uh, we should say that this date holds
3: particular significance. This is the 60th anniversary of Dr. King coming to Detroit for the Walk to Absolutely. Freedom demonstration, where he basically gave the I Have a Dream speech a test flight. Yes, sir. I yes, have sir. talked Indeed. to reporters, Eric Smith being one of them, the, the legendary Channel 7 anchor, mm-hmm. yes. and, and photographers who were there who said yes. they knew in that moment that they were witnessing history and something incredibly special Were i you know i was i was four years old and you've got a little gray in your beard too but were, were you were were you there
4: no i was not there i was uh, i was 13 and uh i had heard about it understood it I, I i didn't understand then what i understand now sure uh and um i um I was not there, but I knew about it. I know many people who, who were actually there. As you know, the NAACP at that time did not support the march. Uh, they did not support the march because they didn't know Dr. King that well. They felt that he was down south. They They felt that he might have dried up all the resources. Some even thought he was a little too militant and all that went with that. And so it was... James Del Rio, former judge here. Yes. It was the Reverend C.L. Franklin, Aretha's father, mm-hmm. Pastor New Bethel. It was the Reverend Albert Clegg, now stranger of the Black Madonna, and, of course, uh, George McFall from a funeral home, and uh, Walter Ruther, who was the president of the UAW at that time. They formed what was called the Human Rights uh, Commission. They went and got Dr. King and brought him up here for him to make that that march and and to do the walk and for that speech could be delivered, and let me tell you this, when he did the I Have a Dream speech, and he's tested it out here, he went to Washington, and he was he was given the speech in D.C. I often say, before you go to D.C., you got to come through the Big D, and of course that's Detroit, because he was here in June, he went to Washington in August, but he was on the stage, he was speaking. He was delivering the speech, but it was not resonating like like people knew that it could resonate. I guess it was this was a big thing, much wider national and all of that. And so Mahalia Jackson, the great gospel singer, was sitting on the stage across from him, and she looked at him because she felt it was not going the way she knew Martin could deliver. She started saying, Martin... Tell him about your dream. Martin, tell him about the dream. The dream, Martin, tell them about your dream speech. He closed his notes, and he started talking about the dream.
2: My Lord.
4: And the heavens opened up. <laughs> he let go, and he let God. And the rest is history. Had she not been sitting there, had this woman not, pushed him to go that way. We might not have never known it.
3: Well, we would have never known it had you not shared that story, right. Reverend Anthony, nor the fact that the NAACP did not sanction
0: his uh, visit here. And the rest, as they say, is history. So without Detroit, the uh, I Have a Dream speech in Washington, D.C., might not have landed uh, the way that it, that, that it did historically. And obviously, I don't have to tell you, it's one of the... Uh, 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 most legendary speeches of all time, right up there with the Gettysburg address. Uh, all right. So over the weekend, uh, a fellow named Brian Zah, I think that's how you pronounce his name. He is the stepson of, of Hamish Harding, who was uh, on the Titanic, uh, the Titan uh, submersible going to um, uh, explore the Titanic wreckage. And of course we know five people lost their lives. He caught a lot of heat last week because uh, he went to a Blink 182 concert while people were looking for his uh, for his stepdad. He posted about it, and uh, you know social media caught wildfire. The guy is getting skewed all over the place. Um, there's a song going around TikTok, kind of poking fun at him. And he released a video explaining himself. Here's a little snippet. Believe it
2: or not, I have about a hundred dollars to my name.
0: I can't go out to the ocean. I have a legal situation keeping me here as well. I can't get on a flight. I don't have a passport.
1: I was sitting here yesterday watching the news for two days straight. I go to a Blink-182 show because they have a ticket. It wasn't like I was having super
0: fun. It wasn't like I was celebrating, have a great time. I was kind of just listening to some of my all time favorite songs, kind of like nodding my head. And just trying to get off the phone for like maybe like two hours or so and come right back into the drama. The submarine is stuck at the damn Titanic. There's nothing I can do. So he he released that video uh, before the the wreckage was found. Um, But what struck me in that video, I think people need to be careful roasting this guy. Uh, Because, yes, it does seem ghoulish and callous. To go to a Blink One Eighty Two concert while your 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 stepfather is lost at scene, a very uh, high profile um, uh, story. Uh, however, listening to that, I I I kind of get the feeling that there might be uh, some mental disability there, and so I, I say let's let let's kind of take it easy on this guy because you know people deal with stuff like this in very different ways, and again, I'm not sure. Uh, If he's fully functional like the rest of us. All right. So the sun is trying to come up. It'll uh, give us a little bit better view of uh, what kind of damage was inflicted by the storm that rolled through last night. I know me personally on the way in, uh, I ran into a huge lake on 75. The northbound ramp to the northbound lodge. I'm sure that there's quite uh, quite a bit of standing water around the area. Uh, trees down in uh, Dearborn, getting uh, reports of trees down around Macomb Township. I'm sure that's the case. Uh, um, many other places around Metro Detroit. Good news. The uh, number of power outages have gone down by a, a, a couple hundred since last time I talked. Uh, I checked the app here. We're down to 71,983 after starting the show with 72,708. So we're getting there. It sounds like the crews are uh, making progress and uh, they didn't waste any time. So hopefully if you're without power, uh, you won't be without it for long. Attorney General Dana Nessel announced charges late last week. Against three people for collecting fake petition signatures that disqualified two Republican gubernatorial candidates for appearing on the primary ballot. Former Detroit Police Chief James Craig, he was considered a possible front runner for the Republican nomination when his signatures were thrown out alongside businessman Perry Johnson. James Craig gives his reaction to Tom Jordan on All Talk.
2: And let me just start by saying that I applaud the work of, uh, Attorney General Dana Nessel and her team. um, This is a great example of going after a situation without regard for partisan politics. Uh, You see that the candidates that were, uh, you know, addressed by this, this criminal deed were all GOP. And so it still opens up a lot of questions I mean, some could say, well, greed, absolutely greed. Uh, But was it something more to this that we just don't know yet? I mean, I I certainly would like to know. And this is certainly not a criticism of work out of the AG's office because I'm very pleased at at how this thing is moving forward and certainly a vindication for all of us. But I must also say that, you know, when I look at this situation and a local news station was interviewing me and said, well, you know, you're a victim. Uh, no, the real victims are the Michigan voters, mm-hmm. because they didn't get a chance to cast a vote for their candidate of choice. And when you talk about all of this conversation over election manipulation, well, this is manipulation. Because what would the outcome have been if myself and Perry and the other candidates had stayed on the ballot? Would things have been different? Yeah. I would say so.
1: Yeah, and we'll never and you know. Right? We, you're right. This is This is absolutely... This was an obvious case of something that was deeply flawed within our system. Do you believe, though, that this whole crime spree, this, this charade that occurred, uh, indicates, I mean, you're an investigator, does it indicate a broader problem with election integrity?
2: I think so, and, and I may not ever know how broad, but I will tell you, uh, I remember early on when uh, this uh, went down, I know we talked to some attorneys And one election attorney said he has never seen uh, anything of this magnitude, how well orchestrated it was. But again, it begs the question, how and why? Was it just, I don't know, I don't know the political affiliation of uh, those who had been arrested. Maybe that didn't have anything to do with it. Or was a little bit more involved in it. Uh, You might recall early on uh, when this broke, actually I was the only GOP candidate that was questioned uh, about the signatures from someone, uh, another GOP candidate. And so the question is, how did they know Mm -hmm. that there was fraud? That's That's a big question, I think. How did they know? Because let's face it, I've, talked to so many people and most people know this was a uh, fraudulent criminal activity but we really want to know the why and, and that's what I'm trying to get at and, and I'm hoping that uh, through the course of, of uh, the arrest and prosecution that these suspects might reveal their true intent
1: yeah I remember because the time I, I
2: think there's
1: more yeah mm-hmm. Mark brewer, uh, former chairman of the michigan uh, democratic party he he was the one that really i, I think was if I remember correctly uh, heavily involved in identified these problems within all these signatures, and therefore it was going to disqualify you uh, at the time was the, who he was the uh, leading candidate in the polls, and it does beg a lot more questions you know how how did he get that information? Um, how did I, he get it? And, and, and here's the other thing. And Tom, I got to say this. Yeah. Because, okay, so
2: we get our signatures in on that Thursday before the Friday when they were due. On that Monday, Monday, it was the Republican camp who ultimately became the nominee. A spokesperson for that camp said there's some concerns with the signatures. Well, how do they know within 48 hours? Or seventy two hours. I mean, I, I I have to tell you, and I don't think there's anybody that can can support this. Even if I went through each petition page and looked at every signature, there's no way I could look at a signature and tell you this is a good one, this is a bad one. I mean it might be certain indicators, but I mean if the signature affixed to the petition is that of a deceased person, then how do you know the person's deceased? Secondly, uh, the the signature affixed is of a person who's not a registered voter. How do you know that? I don't have the technology to run names through uh, and determine who's a registered voter. And then lastly, because when you get a signature, you, you only uh, get a signature for one candidate. So it seems like, you know, Perry and I, using both of us as examples, mm-hmm. We had the same criminals getting signatures.
1: Yes, Sean, so I got to believe. Right. Yeah. This guy, Sean Wilmoth. So, I mean, you're right. You, I don't. I mean, I give you people I know have accused you. Well, you should have caught this. You should have done it. But you had you had almost fifteen thousand signatures. That was uh, provided to you by a pretty reputable company. They subcontracted, the way I understand this. This guy, yes, Sean Wilmoth, who had a previous conviction related to yes. election fraud. Um, based on your experience in law enforcement, and we've got a few seconds left here, how does a guy that has a previous conviction in the election fraud end up being used for something like this that directly impacts an election?
2: You know, that's a great question, and I don't know how it happens. And it seems like uh, through that prosecution in that other state, uh, there would have been a prohibition put in place that he could no longer perform that function, I would think. You know, but who knows? And then, you know, even if the firm my consultant firm who subcontracted out it seems like they should have known uh because this is their professional area and then where was the oversight on on my phone i appreciate that the firm i had you know went out and paid for civil attorneys and we have a civil case pending but that said where was the oversight the candidate i don't know a candidate that can look at pages of signatures and pull out bad, bad, good, good, it just that's not realistic. No, no, it's no, not... but
1: something's got to change now, because so many I, people I are affected by this, and I and I hope it does, and I, I'm glad you joined us, I know you're busy right now, but you joined us to talk about this, because I think you were absolutely a victim, and as an extension, so were uh, millions of Michiganders.
0: James Craig talking with Tom Jordan about the uh, arrests of three people for uh, turning in false uh, signatures, on a petition to get him on the ballot, uh, which disqualified him from the ballot. You know, I'm not sure if things would be much different. Um, you know, the Roe versus Wade uh, decision had such ripple effects that I think any Republican not in Florida was at a real, real disadvantage. But he is right. You know, millions of, uh, of Michiganders, Michiganians, however, whatever you want to call them, we're disenfranchised, and they didn't get a chance to vote for their candidate if they liked Chief James Craig or Perry Johnson. Uh, Nick Roddy, it's good to see that you made it in. Uh, how was your driving? Did you guys lose power? Did you run into any flooding on the roadways? No, uh, just a, the roadways were fine. Passed a DTE crew on the way in, so they're they're hard at work this morning, and just had probably ten minutes of wind and rain last night, and. Yeah, it's Other w- than that it was fine. It's weird. I I, I think I live like in this uh downriver, like pollution force field where where the storms don't uh get that bad. But uh it, it didn't get too bad by us and the DTE crews, they're kicking butt. I mean, um they've already got a few thousand people back up online, and every time I check there's a, a few hundred less in the app, so uh Glad you didn't uh, run out of power uh, because then your alarm clock might not have gone, gone off and, uh, you know, we, we'd be yeah, up you'd a creek be, you'd here. you pulling double duty. Yeah. So uh, thank you to DTE for all the improvements you made in the Nick Roddy household area. We'll be right back with Guy Gordon and Lloyd Jackson. All right, so Guy Gordon and Lloyd Jackson are here, which uh, leads me to believe that their alarm clocks went off and leads me to believe that uh, they both have power. Am I correct or am I making assumptions? No, I
5: have power. I came home last night. I was in a wedding uh, over the weekend, uh, actually yesterday, and I came home, had my power, woke up this morning power
0: is is there a, some kind of like superstition about uh, getting married when uh, there's there's a strong storm outside yes no. <laughs> is, is,
3: is there an omen when yeah. there's a severe weather alert
5: hovering
0: well, over your and this, was a,
5: this was an outdoor wedding oh. wow. it was an outdoor wedding but we made it just i mean in the nick of time the sun was wow. out we did the ceremony we took the pictures and then the uh, reception was inside of a tent out at Meadowbrook Brendlebrook Hall it was outside it was in the tent, and as soon as we walked in the tent the the skies opened up, but the winds didn't affect the tent. no did wow. not
0: did they have caterers like standing on the poles, making sure that they didn't no have they were
5: boy, they were locked in man Those, they were that tent was locked in really good.
0: I love thunderstorms. I think I would love to be in a in a a, a catering tent in the middle <laughs> of a big thunderstorm that was uh so
3: I dodged three or four limbs on the way in mhm-. Uh, had to do- I know you dodged it on an exit ramp or entrance ramp. Yep,
0: some big flooding. Yep, big pool of water. Didn't want Nick Monticelli, uh you know, reporting on me on on Channel Four, <laughs> sitting on the roof of your car. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's, right. it's not a good. Someone look. tell Guy I'm going to be late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it's,
3: it's send paddles.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. good. I'm glad everyone's a uh, uh, power is on. Our power went out for, like, uh, 30 seconds, and then there's always that that suspense. Okay, is this going to come back on, or is this going to be out three days later? It it looked
3: like uh, I I didn't encounter any traffic signals now or anything like that. No, my way in, no, I did not. So it it appears to be somewhat a limited event. we still got 70,000 customers uh, without power. I almost... Got to say, that's maybe then 140,000
5: people Yeah, so so that's or what, more. And it was Wayne and Washington all mostly? I yeah. I understand it was Wayne and Washington all that So happened. some Almost question,
3: and, and Nick was sending me stuff on Instagram and elsewhere about some trees down at Detroit Golf Club and some fairly uh, severe woodsy damage. Oh, there. wow. Uh, there was a guy that uh, had one of the workers out at DGC had his car... Uh, prematurely demolished. Oh my goodness! Uh, by a very large oak that came down on, on the tree. He that's, was not in it. Thank heaven.
0: That's always my biggest fear when there's a because we live in a, a neighborhood with a lot of old trees and mm-hmm. and, and they're kind of taking themselves out. So, yeah. uh, so Donald Trump w- was in town last night for uh, the Oakland County Republicans Lincoln Day dinner, where uh, he was accepting the award of Man of the Decade. And uh, <laughs> yeah, there's been some controversy uh, around huh. wh-
3: whatever award was given several years ago.
0: So congrac- or not. congratulations to him. And uh, not a whole lot of news made, but he sure did paint a dark picture about uh, electric vehicle um, uh, regulations in the future. And he kept using the word decimated to the point where if you're playing a drinking game, uh, and you had to drink every time he said decimated within a 90-second uh, soundbite, you'd probably have to go to the hospital for alcohol poisoning.
5: EVs, he talked about, you know, dec- we're going to decimate Michigan. That right. was one-, yeah. <laughs> one of his sayings. Actually, I actually have some data on this. I think it is strategically
3: smart for him to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you really view it in context, he's not saying that we shouldn't do a transition. He's just saying your transition is way too fast here. And we, and, and he's not saying anything... The trade groups that speak on behalf of the automakers haven't said that at this pace, uh, you could be handling the whole thing to China. So we'll talk a little bit more about that after the top of the hour. But if you look at, for instance, the survey that the Greater Detroit Regional Chamber passed out of in Mm Mackinac, it shows where the consumers are in terms of demand where the Biden administration is in terms of demand. And there's a huge disconnect. it not match. There. It yeah, match. And he thinks we're going to have 50 percent electric vehicle sales by 2030. And KPMG says, no, sir, you're not going to get to 35 percent until 2035. So when you've got a disconnect like that, he's right. I don't know about decimating the auto industry, but it can certainly put you in a in a big gap between where consumers are and where the
0: government is forcing you well the big news he made was the night before at the faith and freedom coalition dinner mm-hmm. uh, it was the one year anniversary of the overturn of roe v. wade and he actually endorsed the idea of a national uh, uh abortion restrictions listen here
2: stop taxpayer funding for abortion providers and at the United Nations I made clear that global bureaucrats have no business attacking the sovereignty of nations that protect innocent life
0: which I, I mean I think is is the bigger political risk because I mentioned it at the uh, yeah. after I played the uh, uh, James Craig interview that Republicans lost their butt back in 2022 um you know with, with their abortion stance now Donald Trump has not been as as militant as as some other staunch pro lifers uh but you know this is something I see that can help him in the primary, but the general election it's a big it's a big question mark
3: well he's crossways with his own Supreme Court right he with, is. With, with his three appointees to the Supreme Court they have said this is an issue that belongs to the states largely that's where it's being uh and, and he's he was very strategic i think in in not saying. What these federal restrictions would look like? Nobody wants to have that hung on him yet, right? Uh, but yeah, he's pandering to the, the to the to the pro life hardcore and and uh, who want to see some kind of a national and, and then, then that raises the question: Well, will you pass a six week ban Is it twelve? Weeks? Well, that's it's the twenty thing. weeks. Then exactly. you're chasing a number exactly. Um, exactly. So you're right. I think I think on cars, I think he resonated some things with folks on abortion. He might have left some behind.
0: Well, we'll be talking to Fred Upton, Nolan Finley. All about it, as well as uh, everything else. We'll be right back, Jr. Mornings.